April 22nd, May 13th, June 3rd, June 24th. These dates ringing any bells? Well, they might if you're an Ontario angler because these dates are all the different fishy openers we have across the province. Of course, these dates may vary depending on where you are in the province, but here in Southern Ontario, these dates are celebrated across all tying tables. With these dates fast approaching, Drift Outfitters and Fly Shop in downtown Toronto is the place to go to get ready for trout, walleye, pike, muskie, bass of the small and largemouth variety. Yes, Drift Outfitters has you totally covered for all your upcoming fishing needs. Stop by the store to chat with the experts themselves and learn how to catch the fish you're after. Or shop online at driftoutfitters.com and enjoy coast-to-coast-to-coast -to -coast -to -coast shipping on all the best products. Find them at 199 Queen Street East in Toronto or online at driftoutfitters.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. Uh, we are back recording another episode. Today we're talking about uh, BC, which is cool because uh, BC is awesome. Uh, we've got myself, Mitch. We've got, of course, Aldo. Hey, everybody. And we've got Yelma. Hello. And uh, very excited to have a special guest on the show. Uh, Jill Steele is a multi-species angler born and raised in North Vancouver, British Columbia. She's got a BA in environmental geography and studied fish, wildlife, and recreation. Uh, she's also the vice president for the Steelhead Society of British Columbia, whose mandate is protecting wild steelhead populations and their river systems in the great province of BC. Uh, and she's also one of the founding members of the BC Women's Fly Fishing Group, which looks to promote the networking of female fly anglers in BC. Uh, fishing has always been a really big part of Jill's life. In fact, uh, her parents actually met at a fishing lodge, which is really cool, uh, West Coast Fishing Lodge to be exact. And they went on to purchase a tackle store, High Water Tackle, uh, where Jill worked in high school. And I think that's where you guys all met, right? Um, that's right. Jill is well-versed in the ways of fly fishing and uh, gear fishing, learning all she could from her father over the years. She's fished all over her home province, which we're gonna talk about today. Uh, of course, trout, salmon, steelhead are the uh, common species of choice for for Jill. Uh, she's a very busy woman, one heck of a great angler with a passion for her province, but today she's on SoFly Gill. Jill, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited. I keep reading your name Gill in my head when I read G-I-L, which is kind of cool because it's very fishy, you know? <laughs> now we I know, know Gil. I always joke with my dad that he did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's a kind yeah, of maybe cool he did. Name. Yeah, maybe he did. <laughs> how's, uh, how's things in British Columbia for you today? I see you're in the shop. I am. I'm in the shop working uh, today. It was a little bit slower today, but that's, I mean, pretty common for spring break time of year. Uh, it was okay. been super nice, so people are kind of out and about. But uh, overall, it's good. I mean, it's it's a fun time of year. We're kind of, for where we are right now, kind of on the cusp of a bunch of different things. So it's kind of a cool time where people are getting excited about spring season, but people are still stoked on steelhead fishing. So there's just a lot. And I like this time of year, too, because it just every day gets a little bit busier. People start getting more excited about things. So it's yeah. actually a nice time of year. This is the best time of year. I think Aldo and Yilmer are going to get sick of me saying this, but I'm really excited <laughs> for this time of year, spring and summer. I'm, <laughs> I'm always talking about how I'm excited for the next season, but this is the best time of year because 
got all the great stuff coming, you know, like Trout's opening up soon. You could get some steelhead action in. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the fishing like for you right now in BC? Like, have you been fishing at all lately? Yeah, I've been fishing actually quite a bit. And I, um, admittedly, I, I gear fish a lot for steelhead around here. I do fly fish for them as well. But this time yeah. of year, especially on some of our like really coastal streams, I mean, gear fishing is kind of a little bit easier for it that way. But I've been out uh, steelhead fishing quite a bit over the last little while. Um, like I said, very lucky nice. to have kind of lots of opportunities around here. And I was out yeah. earlier this week, did pretty well for myself. So um, no complaints at all. Sick. <laughs> nice. That's rad. Yeah, our fishing season is, it's well, we're trying to line this podcast up for when some awesome content from Fishing BC with uh, us in it that Joel shot. And you're in it too, Jill. Um, mm-hmm. It looks uh, great. Coming out. I got some sneak peeks. Sorry. Oh, did you? I did. Oh man! Because I had to re-record with him, so he showed me. Oh, stuff. I yeah. see, I yeah. see, I see. Yeah, so it's the uh, for us right now while we're recording, it's the middle of March, but this I think we're trying to line this up for the end of April or May when it comes mm-hmm. out. So for us, our season hasn't opened yet, so we're just like waiting because it opens at the end of April. Just yeah. itching, just have, itching. Yeah, big time. Yeah, <laughs> Do you guys still have big snow. Time. Like, sorry, Ed. it's still oh, snowy. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There's a storm coming snow. in tomorrow. There's too much snow here right now. We, we didn't have a winter, and then all of a sudden it was like spring is next week, and we got winter all over the place. It sucks. I hate it. Yeah, see, that's the nice thing about the West Coast. Yeah, I'm looking outside. It's like sunny out. It's like 11 degrees. Oh, I don't uh, go anywhere tomorrow. I wanted to. Like, really, yeah. it's, we're that's lucky awesome. that way, though. That's yes. pretty wicked. Yeah, for no, sure. For sure. That uh, is very true. So you guys actually all met when you were at the shop, right? Like, yeah, you guys, although Yilma, you guys Jill, flew in like right You were stop number one, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like, guys came we, we, like we flew in, Joel picked us up, and we yeah. went straight to uh, High Water Tackle and, and met you. And we picked, uh, you know, you chatted flies and picked flies and shot a beautiful shop in a really cool neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we got brunch after around the corner. Oh, it was like perfect. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you guys, uh, came in with Joel, and I've been very lucky to know Joel. He was uh, our photographer on a, a fishing BC shoot, uh, I guess, back a year and a half before or so, something like yeah. that. Um, and uh, he, we just like instantly clicked, and he was so awesome. And I'm so glad you guys came out with him because every time he messages me, he's like, "Hey, I got these guys coming out," and I'm like, "Bring them in, let's go." <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. His high water tackle kind of... uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Yama. I just want to say, I know Aldo said it's beautiful, but it is a really wonderful looking shop. I did not want to leave when I got there. Yeah. It was... uh, We were trying to... I think Yama was trying to figure out, you know, those like uh, hand-carved wooden nets you have? Yes. Um, He was trying to figure out if it would fit in our suitcase. (laughs) Those were like... Those were so beautiful. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Is high water kind of like a pretty popular store in that area? Like, I don't know the landscape. I've never been to that area but um yeah yeah our um so our fishing shops here um i'm gonna speak kind of towards all of them because a lot of the ones that are in the lower mainland in vancouver kind of area have all kind of been established for quite a while and we own we all kind of like own our own little areas um and so our shop here my dad had this for uh i guess it would be we'd be on like 38 years now um and so it's been pretty established here and i mean we kind of there's no um there's no shop in Squamish where you guys were fishing when you were here. So we kind of like touch that whole corridor and we're kind of up on the North shore here and in our own little pocket. Uh, but we're pretty, you know, we've been around for a while. We do everything. We sell, we sell a lot of saltwater ocean stuff, lots of fly stuff, uh, lots of steelhead. We got two steelhead streams kind of on either side of us here within 10 minute drive. So we do a lot of that. So I, I'd like to say that we we're pretty popular that way. 
And do you see more, do you see more of one of the other flyer gear? Um, it totally depends on the time of year. Like we're, because we're such a, um, like kind of big, like overcasting umbrella shop. We, it definitely depends this time of year. We see a lot of gear guys, um, out fishing for steelhead, but then also we have a very big following for, you know, char bull trout, um, resident rainbow cutthroat. That's just getting started as all the salmon. So we see a lot of fly anglers this time of year. Absolutely. Lots of guys fly fish for steelhead as well. Um, depending on where they are, but it really, kind of just depends on the month and then through right. the summertime we sell a lot of like saltwater trolling gear i mean that's a huge part of our uh our kind of local oh, true mm-hmm. yeah yeah i never thought of that mm-hmm. now so okay so you see both sides of like the fishing world you know, the gear and the fly who is nerdier who gear who geeks out more on gear and goes harder at the gear oh good question <laughs> <laughs> i've always wondered this you know because like i see a lot of gear people that are like they've got some stacked gear yeah like, they were, you know <laughs> It kind of depends. I'd like to say, so uh, who's like nerdiest? I would say probably fly anglers are nerdiest because I think that's just like a natural, like you get into it, you get into like, you know, the entomology parts of it. It's like very easy Mm -hmm. to go that deep. I will joke that like steelhead gear anglers, we always laugh, are like the cheapest people ever. Right. <laughs> like, they'll they'll bring up like a pack of hooks and I'll be like, this is expensive. Well, mind you, the guy who's like, you know, outfishing his or outfitting his ocean boat just spent like eight hundred dollars on gas right. and he doesn't care yeah. what anything costs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But yeah, geeky, like definitely kind of the fly trout guys. And I fall into that category myself. I could geek out out of right. like trout fly fishing for days. Like it would never right. end. Oh great! Yeah, well, we'll get to that <laughs> later. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because in Ontario, like the fly shop here uh, caters to center pin anglers as well, and yeah. those anglers yeah. are not cheap no, at all. They're culture. they're like dropping like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars on a reel um, alone. You know, so Custom it's pretty. Built it's pretty rods, you know, like yeah, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. A lot of them do so. That's cool. interesting. That still exists here, but guys are like very like they'll get like a really nice setup and then they'll complain mm. about all the small terminal stuff. Right. right. And I'm right. like, okay. What are you talking? <laughs> Fluorocarbon. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Literally, like that. Like yeah. that's it. Like, you're holding a $900 reel. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're Don't worried about the hooks. Your yeah. school of line. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, why don't we just kind of go back to the beginning of your fishing life before we talk about you know BC and more of the details? But how did you start fishing? How did it begin? You mentioned, you know, obviously at the top that your parents were pretty into it, yeah. you know, from the beginning. So, how, yeah, how did it, how did it Yeah, so start? my, uh, like, my dad's always been, I mean, he was just an angler. He just had, like, a natural, like, uh, you know, just drive towards it. That started when he was a kid, started from my grandfather and stuff like that. And so um, he went to go work at a fishing lodge on the West Coast there when he was in his, like, 20s. And uh, he became the head guide there, kind of West Coast salmon fishing, kind of that classic story. My mm-hmm. mom, who was from the interior part of the province, she went to find some work in the summertime one year, you know, romanticized love story, like lodge life, fell in love, blah, 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 blah. And so that's, that's cool. where their story started. And then, wow. um, that's so like cool. That. Like they met at the lodge and then yeah. like yeah. Just fell in love, ended up getting yeah. married all like everything. That's yeah. so cool. Like it's, it's crazy. And I, I think so when I, I always joke and I say it's literally in my blood, like I was born into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my dad was offered the lodge back in the day. Um, but he didn't want to take the lodge over. So instead he came home to my mom one day and he's like, I bought a tackle store and 
That's cool. Sorry, something oh. just... Oh, the fly shop ghost. Fly shop <laughs> ghost. <laughs> something just fell off the wall. Um, <laughs> it's not an actual fly shop ghost. Amazing. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, and uh, came home and he's like, I bought a tackle shop. And my mom's like, okay. Surprise. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then my mom kind of did the back end of it. So she did all the payroll, all the right. um, accounting stuff. Because uh, she's a kind of a bookkeeper. And then my dad mm. just kind of lived out his dream you know, running a, a small shop in North Van and wow. kind of just grew from there. And 38 years later, I mean, here it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And then, That's so cool. when we were kids, like everything, we could not go camping or any vacation that we did. Yeah. Always revolved around a lake, a river, a stream, some sort of destination that way. So we didn't right. go to Disneyland when we were kids, but we certainly went to a lot of really cool places in BC. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Disneyland's not what all it cracked up to be. Sorry, Mitch. Yeah. Oh, no, that's cool. Yeah, Disneyland, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. you got to go, and so that's kind of how you got into fishing. Then you were just exposed to all these amazing fishing places. Yeah, and one thing, I, I like to repeat this story because I, I, I tell people nowadays a lot, you know, as, as kids, and especially as a dad, because I have a sister, so, you know, a very, you know, eager uh, fisherman or fisher person that uh, – was into it. We were never forced as kids to do it. We were never um, expected to like it. We were never, um, you know, forced into a boat to sit there. And my dad always joked that when we were younger, you know, to get like little girls, you know, you get out in the boat and he like rows you out in the lake all the way and you get about like, you know, 20 minutes out there and you're like, I'm bored or I got to pee or something. And my dad would just go like, okay. And he'd row us back in and, you know, never, never argued with us, never said like, shut up and sit down. And so (laughs) yeah, we always had that choice and so we were always kind of given the opportunity to like it we were never forced to like it we were never expected to do it and if we didn't want to we didn't have to but he always gave us the option and then so the older we got you know the more time we'd spend out there we'd start to like it i took to it more than my sister did she still fishes with me and we still fish a lot but um i kind of just grew into it and I, I repeat that because I say to parents, you know, like you can like fishing as much as you want, but your kids might not like it. And as soon as you force them, right. it's going to become that thing that oh, yeah. they have to totally. do with that, as opposed to they want mm-hmm. to do with that. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. That's why yeah. I did so bad at school. It's because I was forced to do it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, I get that. Man. I feel like <laughs> it's a good thing. Listen up, parents, you know, like your kids probably, yeah, foster a love for fishing rather than like force them to like try to like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then we were just like, if if we ex- as expressed interest in it, then my dad's like, yeah, for sure, let's go. He used to actually yeah. take me out of school when I was younger to go salmon fishing during the week, and my mom oh, would jealous. Write, she would sign the sick notes for me. That's sick. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember what that. do you remember what your first fish on the fly was, or on yeah, I guess on the fly. Yeah, so I was also very lucky because when we were younger, we have, uh, you know, a very popular trout stream, a couple hours out of Vancouver, um, very well known for wild trout. It's actually the top part of the Skagit system um, out of Washington State, uh, the above part that goes on the top part of the lake there. And uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty well known, especially around here for like its wild trout populations and my earliest memories are, are, are fly fishing there. And that's where I learned. And, um, I was very fortunate to have learned there cause it's a special place to a lot of people. But I, those are my like youngest memories that I can consciously think of pretty much since I could like kind of follow all day with my dad, like as soon as I could walk and, you know, probably about that kind of eight years old kind of thing where I could mm-hmm. spend all day out there. Certainly when we were younger, I mean, we were in the boat fly fishing in lakes, 
you know, from like three on, but, um, actively like out there doing it, I would say probably that kind of seven, eight years old where I was following around and then it's pretty young. Yeah. And then I probably had a fly casting lesson. I always joke every single day since then, yeah. whether I wanted it or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause dad, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's teaching you kind of the showing you the ropes as you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, okay. You're based in Vancouver, uh, or I guess North Vancouver, right? Um, where do you primarily fish? Is it around that area? Squamish? Yeah. I spend a lot of time in Squamish. I absolutely love there. I, even though I, you know, don't live in that kind of suburb city, I always joke that I'm like a local there. Um, yeah, right. because I, I definitely spend a lot of time up there cause it is really like a 365 other than maybe mid mid summer. Okay. Um, I mean, steelhead fishing there now. I was there like two days ago. Uh, yeah. oh, okay. Steelhead fishing and then uh, kind of through that spring trout fishery. The summer, like that July, August is really the only time where it's maybe not that great. But right. um, starting in August this year, I mean, we're going to get salmon running up there from August right through to like Christmas. Mm. And wow. Then, right. The other, like right now also, if you're not steelhead fishing, I fly fish a lot for uh, char and stuff up there as well, like bull trout. Because, I mean, you can get bull trout like five, six to eight pounds up there. Wow. So that's another mm -hmm. thing that I do. So I spend a lot of time up there. Um, yeah. The other direction, if you're head out to kind of Chilliwack, kind of the same distance, kind of east, uh, there's another, you know, some more uh, steelhead streams out there. And then also lots of trout fishing as well. Wow. What's the that's furthest crazy. north you've ever been? In BC, um, in the prop, probably like uh, in in this province, uh, like Prince Rupert area, as right. well, which is probably still only like two thirds the way up the province. Right. Um, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Even when you're like up north in like Skeena country fishing for steelhead, you know, it says mm -hmm. Alaska is still 700 kilometers away. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're still yeah. that far away. And you're far like, still away, that far yeah. up. Yeah. It never ends, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, and I've been up Fort St. John way, which is kind of North, the other direction, more mm. East. Um, but I haven't been like North, 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 like Yukon border BC. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. It is pretty wild that the province goes up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so much. <laughs> hard, to, hard to argue, like, even just driving to <laughs> Squamish is pretty awesome and seeing, like, how sound and, uh, I mean, that I think that drive broke Yilma's brain. Oh, it did. Um, it was like, it was like <laughs> Avatar. I've never seen yeah, anything. Yeah. And, and I'm like, this is Canada, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so many opportunities just right downtown, like Squamish, you know, uh, like, literally Joel's backyard is you know, an access point to, to the river there. And, you know, if that's to your point, like you'll most, you know, the first fish he caught on the trip was a bull trout, you know, yeah. not f a five minute walk from Joel's house. So how awesome is that for access, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Like Squamish specifically, I mean, it's such a, and if you're into like any other sport, you know, biking, skiing, snowboarding, mountain, um, sorry, climbing, you know, kites are like, it's crazy up there what you can do. It's definitely like a huge recreational focal point, but the fishing up there is awesome. Like I said, I spent a ton of time up there. Cool. I didn't know the salmon were running like that long. Yeah, neither did I. I basically know, 
I had like have no idea about BC. I've never yeah. been there. And I'm just like, what's happening over there? <laughs> I didn't know salmon were running like that whole year almost. Yeah, and you guys came in. Uh, you guys came in October, so October, you're yeah. like right at the height of kind of the coho, like chum fishery, maybe right. the beginning of chum, but right in the height mm-hmm. of coho. Every second year on the south coast here, we get a pink salmon run. Right. Um, so it's a two-year cycle. So we have those coming this summer. And those will start as early as August in there as well. So you wow. can fish for salmon in, depending on what the water levels are at that time, you can fish for salmon starting in August. The pinks will run through September. Then you'll get mm. coho in there. Then you'll get um, uh, chum in there as well. And the coho will run technically right through till January in, in some. Wow. Did, you get, did you guys fish the checkmas when you were there too? Yes. Yeah. Did so we? the coho, they, they kind of have a later push. So right through January. <laughs> Can't remember. Coho. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Remind me of the checklist again, just so I. It was a smaller one, I think. Okay. Little. I think you guys fished it. Yeah. No, we definitely did. It was like with that big. Uh, there was like that big boulder wall. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yes, we did. Uh, <laughs> um. It was cool. I mean. We, when we got there, it was kind of, uh, you know, interesting in a way, like in everything I know, that was my first trip to Vancouver, BC at all. And, uh, you know, everything you read is like rain, it's just rain, it's constant rain. And, yeah. and we got there and it was like a six week heat wave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it was like 30 degrees when we were fishing. I was in a t-shirt. Yeah. It was, it was wild. It was like hot, like yeah. very, very hot. So yeah, we didn't actually connect with the coho, unfortunately, just because I guess the the run hadn't pushed in yet. Yeah. But yeah, we got into a lot of bull trout, and that was pretty rad. We saw a lot of coho jumping, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Squamish River, especially, was so stained. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, man, it was beautiful. Yeah, I would love to come back when in in better conditions and. Yeah, I mean the October heat wave's not like a normal thing for sure. That no, no, for sure. Bad. I didn't think it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was all over the news. I mean, even I over pa- here seeing it, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know. I packed all these sweaters and I was just like, I should have packed more t shirts. Some swimming yeah. trunks. <laughs> <laughs> so and then there's of course Steelhead, as you mentioned, and, and you, you said that you, you know, you're the vice uh, president over at the uh, Steelhead Society of British Columbia. So yeah, like, what is the steelhead situation? Because I know over here, I, I hear a lot of different stories about steelhead this in BC, and what is kind of the, you know, in, in your area, the the lay of the land with steelhead? How are they doing? Um, I would say overall they're not doing well, and that's I think yeah. uh, steelhead here are kind of that classic like you know death by a thousand cuts in terms of um, absolute uh, like resource use in terms yeah. of you know uh logging mining uh, right. a lot of those kinds of uh just extraction features and a lot of the uh you know tributary streams and things like that uh mm-hmm. we're also dealing with certain issues in certain areas with uh user group um conflicts and things like that that's a major one in the fraser locally as well mm-hmm. uh also the thing that kind of put steelhead at a bit of a, an odds and I'm, I'm not sure how they're managed um, back on the east coast um, but steelhead here because essentially we have you know our provincial government just like you guys do and then the federal government as well yeah federal government manages all the salmon in bc so they're in charge of all the the salmon species over here steelhead yeah. were managed at one time by the federal government and then they're currently managed by the provincial government. But of course, because they transcend that freshwater saltwater boundary, they become a bit of a problem between who's in charge of what and when. 
And mm-hmm. so you get into all these issues where you have regulations trying to follow and trying to protect steelhead that are kind of crossing these boundaries. And then they get kind of shuffled in this like, ah, it's your problem, our problem kind of thing. Uh, and mm. that's been going back and forth for many, many years. That's certainly not a new issue. But what happens is you never really get like a full strategy implemented for them. And so mm-hmm. they've kind of come at the guise of different uh, governments that come in, different uh, strategies for protecting them, different ideas mm-hmm. about who and when and what and who's responsible. Uh, and so they've really fallen through the cracks in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, also, some of their run timings interfere or not interfere, I shouldn't say, uh, coincide with salmon runs, which are at the mercy of, you know, recreational, commercial and First Nations fisheries as well. So you have all these kind of different things and they just kind of get lost kind of in the sauce there. And of course, salmon fisheries become the big focal point here on BC and you see that in the news a lot. Uh, but steelhead really just kind of fall through the cracks in a lot of ways. And so, you know, our goal specifically is to protect wild steelhead populations because we also have, you know, steelhead hatcheries here and there's different ideas Mm -hmm. about if, you know, uh, hatchery fish can actually uh, replenish wild populations. And that's a huge discussion as well here that we've gone for years. Um, (laughs) But overall not doing well. There's certain places, though, that are are seeing, uh, you know, stable numbers and then there's other ones that have just dropped significantly almost to nothing and within the last uh i would say probably 15 years more commonly in the last 10 years we've seen significant populations drop almost to nothing and trying to figure out the exact source of that has become Mm -hmm. just a, a continuing battle of you know i don't want to say who's to blame but ultimately what's the reason and how do we fix yeah right yeah. Okay. Well, that's and that's kind of what I've been hearing too. Yep. Steelhead and Same. and then you know, of course, the, the heat wave with the salmon. Like, is has the heat wave thing? It's not common, but is it kind of. Have you noticed more of that sort of stuff going on too? Like the salmon, have they? Do are they having like the similar pressures? Yeah. Salmon fishery. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we you hear a lot, uh, especially in regards to the Fraser, in terms of sockeye and water temperatures, especially because there's certain uh, because sockeye migrate in that kind of July, August, September window. Uh, water yeah. temperature becomes a massive factor in terms of uh, survival rates, uh, combined with like the big bar landslide that I'm sure you've heard of on the Fraser, where the mm-hmm. there's that huge landslide and they can't get up. You know that creates yes. a lot of issues as well between fish sitting in water that was too warm when they should have already been traveled through there. Um, that we do see in steelhead but not necessarily to the same extent I mean certainly steelhead would have to travel through that landslide as well to access some of those upper watersheds on the Fraser Uh, where we do start to see issues with steelhead a lot is um, in some of those smaller tributary streams where you start to see issues with um, and salmon uh, you know um, siltation in the rivers because of logging so the squamish system actually is a great example so it's Mm -hmm. extremely flashy now and uh i mean there's been extensive logging in the upper watersheds which make it if it rains at all man that thing goes out in a heartbeat it used to take a lot longer for it to go and it would recover a lot faster and and now we see a lot of silt um and a lot of these big sandbars and you know lack of uh, essentially structure and uh, siltation over eggs when that didn't happen as frequently as it had before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, um, yeah. I guess as you know, people coming from the fly fishing community, 
you sometimes forget that Steelhead plays second fiddle to salmon. But it shouldn't be any surprise. Like, I mean, even in the Great Lakes fishery around here, uh, which, of course, you know, <laughs> uh, for some reason stocked Pacific salmon in the Great Lakes or whatever, like, it's th- they, they also, you know, play second fiddle here as well, like, like the, the Great Lakes Steelhead. Um, you know, we see... That is a species that, like, you know, has, reco- like, can, can naturalize and has naturalized in a lot of these rivers and turned into, you know, like a like a self-sustaining population. Like, a lot of the Ontario tributaries, especially west of Toronto, haven't been stocked in years. And um, where am I going with this? It's just interesting to hear the same thing, I guess, uh, about mm. the West Coast and the wild steelhead, that it's still, you know, such a special fish can is uh, seen as maybe lesser than or a second thought. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I think when we talk about government and management as well, because a lot of their kind of policies are based on like monetary values and things like that. Salmon, right. when you have tourism coming in and you have um, people that are going to salmon lodges and, and things like that, you mm. can really calculate those monetary values a lot easier. Uh, and so it's, it's a lot bigger of a number that they can use kind of as a bargaining chip almost. And so it, it carries, I want to say, a little bit more weight in that regard. Of course, like BC West Coast salmon fishing, you know, it's, that's, that's here. I'm, I'm not surprised that steelhead kind of take that second turn. But I mean, when you think about it from the fly fishing world, I mean, BC steelhead, especially up in the north, uh, you know, the summer runs uh, in the Skeena region and stuff. I mean, that's world renowned. That's, that's mm-hmm. not just like here. That's people come from, you know, all over the world to travel here for weeks on time or weeks on it on end mm-hmm. and spend a lot of time and a lot of money here. But it's not necessarily calculated in that same way. And because it's not, I mean, wild steelhead, you can't retain in, in the province. So it, it's a, it's a non-consumptive fishery as well. So it, it, that it's a little bit harder to calculate that and actually seeing, you know, the benefits of that kind of tourism and that kind of industry driver, it's just harder to have a number to present out to the world. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, there's so many different things to kind of balance. I mean, we talk about this stuff all the, all the time on the show because it's like not uh, unique to any one place. Obviously, there's like fisheries are up against across the world are up against all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you hopeful? I am. I, I think there's there's enough people out there and there's enough of, of yeah. I want to say us as a collective that really care and that are really trying that I, I think... Mm-hmm that we will see you know change at some point my my only worry is that some of these really big systems that we've seen uh just with catastrophic um losses may not be recovered to the times uh, of course that they once were uh but i think that we are starting to recognize uh some of the failures that we've had in the past and starting to address them and, and moving forward so it might not be a full recovery, but if we can at least stop the bleed and start to kind of just think about management strategies, also coming from a place of uh, various user groups working together as opposed to be pitted against one another, um, yeah. right. I think is a huge factor. I mean, here in in BC, you know, we you tend to hear arguments between, um, you know, what First Nations intentions are and what recreational angl- anglers intentions are. and. I think for the most part, they're aligned, but they get pitted against each other when the government comes in and decides to be like, you get this and you get this. Uh, Mm. And so I think ultimately we all want the same thing, but it becomes very difficult to navigate that when you have a governing body that's essentially dividing things and saying that, you know, oh, you guys want different things when it's like, "Eh, I don't think we actually do. 
<laughs> I think I we, all, we all just want yeah. Yeah. fish to be good. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think we all just want the fish to be healthy, yeah, happy, yeah. and absolutely. Back. And I think that <laughs> yeah. there's been examples, especially on the west coast of Vancouver Island, where they've actually like kicked the government to the curb, and they have you know um, like nice. working groups that represent all different user groups, um, and they yeah. and they talk, and they are actually getting things done. And it's funny how you know. I'm not an anti-government yeah. person, but if you just remove the yeah, yeah. person that's kind of creating the division, uh, yeah. that things actually start getting done. So I, I think that there's a way forward, and I think we're going to see a lot more kind of collaborative um, groups coming together to kind of make differences or make changes that actually have, you know, weight to them. A little fishing yeah. vigilante squad. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the community, I mean, like, we see it all the time, like, Again, like across all kinds of places where the government can get in its own way and, you know, kind of cause more problems and solve things and mm-hmm. or just be like, ah, it's not worth the effort or whatever. And it's like what's left are all, all the anglers and all the people that want to use the resource. And they're like, well, it's still, you know, what are we going to do? So mm-hmm. well, and to see a community just come together and be like, you know what, take it into their own hands and come yeah. together. Like, that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, collaboration's a good point, too. Like, you know, yeah. especially when it comes to, you know, um, uh, you know, working with indigenous communities because you're right. I think yeah. the, I, the I like I, the, the the dominant. No, I mean not dominant, but like a narrative when I was fishing for Atlantic salmon was like you know, to your point, like one against the other one, and that's not actually the case. No, when you're on the ground, you know, it's like maybe with a few individuals, but that doesn't mean the whole. Yeah, yeah. but you're right. The narrative kind of gets plotted that way, and then it yep. becomes you know a bit of a like clickbait in a lot of ways because it yeah. it makes one sound like they're arguing against the other but then mm-hmm. when you start looking at the bottom line everybody wants the same thing and it's very clear yeah. Um, river health yeah. yeah yeah so you know i i think i'm i'm optimistic moving forward because i i think that we will start to kind of see those things uh the only other thing here in bc and because i've also been uh quite uh in involved in uh some of the the salmon politics around here too i mean our you know, West Coast fisheries are managed back east, um, back over where you are. And sometimes there's a disconnect between what's actually happening here on the ground and getting managed back east. And there's a, there's a big argument for, you know, some kind of, um, you know, get removing fisheries from the government, like just let it be its own thing. Cause the other thing too, is you get a good government in there that, you know, is gung ho. And then four years later it changes. And then all the work that you did gets like thrown out the window. So, that gets kind of frustrated, but yeah. I mean, it must be totally so frustrating. And we all, we know that <laughs> yeah. four years in terms of, you know, like river health isn't really that long. Like it takes a long time to like not regrow, but you know, get those numbers back. It's, it doesn't happen in four years. You know, it takes yeah. like decades, you know? Yeah. 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 That's a good um, point. So because I'm ignorant, the Steelhead Society of BC, uh, you know, the protecting wild steelhead populations, obviously. So I guess it's like a constant, tireless, like advocacy. I guess probably. Yeah, for sure. And we, yeah, yeah. we, um, COVID obviously created some like harder times on everybody in terms of like kind of keeping up to date with projects and stuff. But essentially, we uh, fund projects directly related to um, steel, like wild steelhead. So lots of enhancement projects. Um, you know, we've funded in the past like river swims or uh, population assessments. A lot of habitat work. Uh, right. A lot of uh, work specific to some of the smaller streams locally as well. There's a big push in terms of supporting some of the the northern systems also. Uh, 
you know, investing in kind of land trusts and um, investing in uh, essentially zoning off property from development and things like that as well. A lot of education also in terms mm. of just what Wild Steelhead mean to BC, um, sitting on boards and tables and meetings and stuff like that as well. So, I mean, the Steelhead Society is on like 52 years, 53 years oh, cool. now of wow. service and uh, I mean, a lot of great, wow. a lot of great steelheaders and, uh, you know, anglers that are really concerned about the, the fish themselves and the steelhead society, we always say like fish first. I mean, we're all anglers on the board for the most part, but if we have to close something or make a decision, that means that we can't fish for them, but they can continue on and that's going to protect those fish. Then it's a fish first idea. Oh, cool. Fish first. Cool. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay, so there's lots of salmon, steelhead, and things going on. And what do what is your favorite sort of thing to go and do? What are you looking forward to most in terms of fishing? Is it trout? I so yeah, I I love trout fishing. I always joke because yeah. everybody laughs at me because <laughs> I I mean I I love steelhead fishing. Don't get me wrong. Like you know, my, yeah, of course. My kiss, whether it's you know river run or just trout, like I'm. Good. Yeah. But um, I love steelhead fishing, and I go every day of the week. But trout fishing, like, just really gets me going, especially like river fly fishing. And I think that comes from when I was younger, learning, um, and some mm. of those really early memories that I was talking about. Mm. Summertime dry fly fishing for trout, whether they're like oh, you know twelve <laughs> inch trout or like four pound rainbows, like that gets me going. You know, and yeah. um, this time of year, I get like a little tidbit of it because there's a lot of like coastal cutthroat fishing um, as the fry start popping. So I beach That's fish cool. a lot. Uh, and that also is another thing. And I could go do that all day, every day. Beach fish for cutthroats. Wow. Like in the salt water, obviously. Oh, That's man. Wild. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it becomes that one become for me. That's like right now, like the next couple of weeks, I've already kind of going through my little like. See, here's the dorky part. I go through my diaries that I keep of tides and wind and all that stuff. And awesome. Dates. Uh, well, that's and, essential. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go through and I like examine. I'm like, oh, we're getting close to, uh, you know, some of my better days. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. And, and that's how you yeah. catch fish. <laughs> and yeah. like that really, I that, love that fishery. And you're either going to go and you're going to catch nothing or you're going to go there and be super frustrated and catch nothing and see them. Or you're going to go there and you're going to have like an awesome day. And I just, Wicked day. that just like, I live for that. Mm -hmm. That's a wild fishery. Yeah. Like coastal cutties. I didn't even know that was like a little CC yeah. action. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like CC. big in like Puget Sound and Washington state as well. Like they have unreal wow. cutthroat fishing and you can do it here like i can walk down like five minutes from my house and go down and do it it's awesome yeah. it's awesome that's, that's so cool that's awesome this is a weird thing to say but mm -hmm. like i didn't get the sense until we went because we ended up going to kamloops on our trip right kamloops yep yeah, yeah. um i didn't get the sense of the <laughs> i know this sounds insane because it's not true but like i'm like are there trout in this part of BC like that aren't bull trout? You know, I was like, and then, you know, I mean, I'm obviously wrong, but, um, yeah. but it's just funny. It was like a funny feeling I got because you, you get so obsessed with trying to catch migratory fish that you kind of forget that 
trout yeah. yeah yeah summertime dry flies like oh my god and in the I, mountains i think that that's Baby. actually a common thing because especially in vancouver here right a lot of the tourism that comes here it's salmon summertime you're thinking that's what a lot of people do people beach right. fish for salmon we talk about salmon all the time um yeah. but we have an extremely healthy and very um uh populous like trout fishery here right on the west coast i mean cutthroat we get you know anadromous uh coastal cutthroat here that are unbelievably aggressive um we also get resident cutthroat as well uh and of course our char which are both like resident and anadromous as well but we also get you know resident rainbows any of the the streams around here have resident rainbows and that's probably you know a bit of a residualized byproduct of the steelhead fishery for sure but i mean there's trout fishing everywhere squamish had like the chequamish specifically very healthy trout population oh amazing yeah. yeah i mean we did get into a few mm-hmm. like but you know rainbows is bycatch and there was actually um it, a gentleman on the river and he was like yeah i'm just trout fishing i'm not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. he is and you know he's he was having a great time um catching rainbows and cutties and stuff yeah. so i thought that was pretty cool he's like guys i got does bc them. have like a warm water fishery at all uh we do actually when so uh if you were to keep going from um Kamloops and you kept going to the interior to Kelowna so another couple hours away I mean there's a very growing and I will say here bass and some of those coarse fish species are becoming a lot more popular um if you okay, go to Kelowna and kind of the the dead center of the southern part of the province so if you're to just go like Vancouver and just draw lines straight east, you'd get to kind of that Kelowna yeah. area and stuff. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, there's a huge bash fishery in there now, like smallmouth cool. and largemouth. Wild. Mm. And even here, yeah, I always wondered that. Even even down here, I mean, that like we, I have a whole bass fishing section over there now, and I mean, we're probably yeah. part of the shop away from any bass fishing. Um, but yeah. in mm. the lower mainland, like probably 20 minutes from here. I mean, there's bass in, you know, largemouth bass in a lot of the lakes. All the golf courses have them now. Um, Wow. It's become huge now. I've bass fished around here lots. I've I've fly fished for them, gear fished for them. It's, you know, it, I mean, it's not like warm, warm water, but there's some like. Kind of cool. Very cool. Cool. Yeah. Music to my ears. Cold water bass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great. Bass, I think they're trout. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> eating dries and stuff. Bass, yeah. bass eating, but if you go to the interior, it's yeah. definitely more of that like warmer water stuff for sure. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I always wondered, like, I you that, think, yeah. obviously, think BC and like, I, well, I think a lot, of, I think a lot of people think this. I mean, I, this is what my perception is, cold water fishery. So I'm like, yeah, bass, I wonder. Cool. Well, we're yeah. starting to see more smallies and stuff in some of our lakes, which is actually kind of scary in a lot of ways concerning yeah because right. they will survive and yeah, they will they do will. a lot better they will damage yeah they'll eat everything water. <laughs> mm-hmm. they showed up in yeah. right. the, one of the lakes out in the fraser valley and they've just taken yeah. to that lake and there's a couple like um species that are endemic to those watersheds as well like some of the sculpins and some of the like right. and uh, they're yeah. very concerned about that because uh, the the smallies can actually like they'll live and they'll eradicate keep them. going mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Where the yeah the largemouth yeah. kind of are in like a lot of our sloughs. They're in the golf course ponds. You know, they're sure. kind of like limited more. Um, but yeah. those are starting to show up in way more places than they ever have. And a lot of that is um, because it's becoming so popular here. People are like releasing them, and they think that there is a lot of like active right. illegal stalking. Oh, oh no! Oh, my God! Yeah. What are people doing? Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> you know, like 
Like, why would you do that? You know, like, don't mess with nature. Hubris. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Smalley's like, they kind of are, uh, in a way, I mean, they like trouty, lake trouty kind of water, you know, deep, cold water. They like rocky shoals. So it's like, it kind of makes sense that they would do well there. Like, mm-hmm. that is kind of scary. <laughs> it is funny, though, because we, I mean, uh, like, I did a presentation uh, a couple years ago for the Invasive Species Council of BC, actually. And they were asking me about, oh, like, cool recreational fishing and and um, I did this presentation so I was doing a bit more background research and I mean bass especially in the interior part of the province in those more warm water areas they've been here mm-hmm. since like the 50s like oh, okay. this is not new necessarily and mm-hmm. uh, more so like locally like in the Vancouver area they're expanding for sure and I think that is the I mean, the popularity in the last five years has skyrocketed but also yeah. we kind of have this habit here of fishing over um, species that, or having species that are introduced, just like you guys, um, I'm sure as well, uh, that get mm-hmm. a lot of traction and then just kind of like, are like, eh, they're here, we might as well fish for them. Like brown trout's yeah. another mm-hmm. thing. We have like very few brown trout streams, but on Vancouver Island, there's brown trout. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like mm-hmm. a totally accepted, like, yeah, it's good, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird, brown trout, yeah. What a random. Yeah place for a brown trout to be yeah yeah that's cut me in though they must be uh they're lost (laughs) yeah brown trout i mean i love brown trout but uh, (laughs) i mean i love bass too but it's if they're yeah if they're gonna lake trout you know it's like i mean yeah uh, they're invasive in northern ontario too so right you know but uh as much as we love fishing for them there you know pretty resilient Mm -hmm. uh oh oh go ahead aldo Oh, I was going to say, I was interested to, um, just because we're already at 45 minutes and we kind of yeah. tend to cap this at oh, an hour. Oh, shit, already? Um, I, <laughs> so what happens I, when you're uh, having fun? Was... Sorry. That's right. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> just cliches, Joe. I love it. Just <laughs> the book of cliches. Um, I just wanted to chat a little bit about the BC Women's Fly Fishing Group. Yes. Yeah. And you're one of the founding members and, and what, what, what that's all about and... Yeah, I, I, I guess that is the question. Yeah. What yeah, is it? <laughs> How long has it been around? You're a founding member. When did that happen? Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, tell us about that. We, I, I mean, like, female or, like, women's fly fishing groups certainly are, have been around for a while, and we're seeing a lot of growth, especially in the U.S. There's some, like, united women on the fly. There's some massive, massive mm. women's yeah. groups that are, like, honestly great, like, springboards to kind of get smaller groups going. Um yeah. But essentially oh, how, it's, a good point, actually. how it started is, uh, so uh, my partner, he uh, used to be a guide uh, in Haida Gwaii, and uh, oh, one of his oh, best friends was also a guide up there. And uh, essentially, they would go off in the summertime, so from May through till like end of August, they'd be gone all summer, uh, guiding up in the Charlottes. And uh, so one day, uh, my partner, his his friend said to me like, Oh, you know, my girlfriend, like she's here, she loves fishing and she's also in the fishing industry as well. And, um, she's actually the, when we did that fishing BC shoot with Joel, she was the other, uh, Catherine, she was the other lady that was fishing with me. And, uh, essentially, uh, he said like, you know, you guys are kind of in the same boat all summer. You both like trout fishing, you know, maybe you guys could just like hang out or something. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know who she is, but I didn't know her personally. And then we 
the boys were away like all summer we went trout fishing and we just like clicked and we had this like really great friendship just off the bat and one thing that was really nice was you know we were fishing and it was just very easy and we were very you know comfortable and i mean we didn't really know each other at that point either and we had kind of fished together all summer and i thought i was like you know what like this is really nice you know i i've yeah. just i've fished with my partner i fished with other you know for the most part male friends because that's who my fishing people were yeah. um but i said this is really nice and you know I, I i'm sure that there's you know a lot of other women out there that would would love to just be able to connect or maybe don't feel comfortable going with a a guy or maybe they don't have yeah. um somebody in their life that you know is able to they're able to go fishing with or just knows the rope so you know and mm. I, I wish everybody could have this because we're laughing having a great time it was not as competitive if i fish with my my partner him and i i'm like i want to catch way more fish than him but when I right. her, <laughs> i'm just like oh you know she catches that one i'm fun. stoked so it kind of built on that and it kind of built on this friendship that we had created and just wanting to like give other ladies um or uh you know people that i identify as women like that opportunity to yep. go out and also we're very lucky because both of us are in this industry here on the lower mainland so we have a lot of connections and we thought you know let's just make a group and see if there's interest and it just took off like wildfire and we have you know uh women and girls that come out and fish with us and we host trips and we go to places that you know people or uh ladies might not be able to go or maybe wouldn't feel comfortable with going um they're with four strangers, for instance, but because they're all women and they kind of have one person that, you know, we go as a host, then it kind of gives them an opportunity to do things that they may never do. And we've done, you know, fly tongue courses yeah. and we did casting lessons and we try and offer as much information and kind of a, a space that's kind of free and supportive and, you know, uh, female focused as well. That's awesome. That's sweet. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I mean, camaraderie is a huge part of fishing, you know, and it's great. Like these days you're seeing like, social media sort of enable like people to connect. And, and like you say, like people that mm -hmm. might not have done it, like get out there and fish and then become stewards of the environment and everything. Like it's just so important, all this stuff. So that's, that's super cool. It, yeah, yeah, it I is. That. And I, I love seeing like the friendships that have been created and the, yeah. mm -hmm. the, the people that have met together on some of these trips that now go and fish together because now they have yeah that's such a good feeling. now they're friends yeah, now exactly. they have a friend that they can go with and now they're continuing that and oh. that was kind of the whole point you know and so we host these yeah. trips and like i said i mean getting on a boat you know we we take uh guides on a lot of these uh adventures and it's it's nice because you know, one, like, uh, we did a trip a couple of weeks ago and we go to a pretty remote, uh, river kind of just outside of Vancouver. And, you know, it's an hour jet boat ride, um, in a boat wow. and we take a guide with us, you know, Fun. of course, but it's, yeah. um, one of us and then four ladies. And for a lot of people, like getting on a boat with a random stranger and to be gone all day to like the middle of nowhere, yeah. you're not going to do that if you don't know the person. You know, no, or you're not going to sure. feel comfortable, maybe necessarily feel super intimidating. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. you know, but yeah. hey, you know what? It's going to be four strangers, but it's all ladies. You know, you have a host, yeah. which is either myself or Catherine. We're here to help. We help get you yeah. set up. You know, there's no expectation for you to know anything. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And and we kind of do that. And it it's like I said, giving people just maybe an avenue to do something that or t get their foot in the door that they might not have or may not feel comfortable with without that. So that was the whole point. And it's, it's been so fun. We've had 
We've done some really cool trips, nothing like crazy, but we've gone to like lodges in the interior of BC. We've gone to Vancouver Island. Awesome. We do tons of stuff That's around cool. here. Um, you know, we've done sturgeon fishing. We took 16 ladies sturgeon oh, fishing sick. on the Fraser. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you, any, like, you guys, did you ladies catch any? Oh yeah, we were, it was, I swear to God, we were the loudest people on that river all day, oh, like screaming <laughs> and you know, Oh, I don't know how you can't freak out with a fish like that. Yeah, like, so, I lose my mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's cool. just been fun. And it's like, it's we've had such great trips. And it, it's rewarding for us because it's exactly what we want it to happen in terms of we said we wanted to give people the opportunity to feel the way that we did when we were fishing together. And it's, it's oh, happened. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're able to kind of facilitate that in a way through our connections within the industry and we go also because I we've been in the industry. I, I know the guides that I want to go with, and I know people that are going to be comfortable with you know having ladies on the boat, or also just making yeah. sure that I have guides that are also very aware of you know like female yeah. focused also, um, exactly. yeah, and aren't going to say stupid things, stupid stuff, which gross, yeah, that, totally, gross yeah. stuff. Yeah, I've only fired yeah, you get one. to kind of. Okay, well there you go. I mean, well, you're, you go. That's, that's you're on the front lines, like vetting the experiences. I mean, that's that's super cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah super that cool. is cool. And that's such a good point that you made about um, like springboard groups. You know, yeah, because it's like yeah, you might have, you know, people that like. I mean, we've kind of noticed it too with um, our friend Demisha's group, BGOWs. You know, we're all Toronto based, but uh, Ontario is a pretty big province, so we've noticed little you know satellite, you know, community groups popping up in Ottawa and stuff, and that's such a cool thing you know absolutely and there's one on vancouver island and they keep asking they're like you got to come over and we'll do a big meetup and so now we have like oh, no fun. groups over there and i'm like yeah like let's go get like a huge group together and stuff like that so yeah it's uh you know it's really cool and like i said we're not doing anything i don't think revolutionary by any means but it's just creating that kind of community and there's other little communities out there too and mm -hmm. the states has such a like uh in the u.s there's some really big very well-established groups and they're always great mm -hmm. for like you're like oh we could do this and they're doing this and it kind of gives you just you know people are looking and there's a lot of kind of um um what's the word that i'm looking like transfer over between those and really, yeah. it's really cool i i absolutely love it and, and it's yeah it's, it's been really fun and it i look forward to our trips so much because it's just a riot <laughs> it's great yeah. yeah like it yeah i mean I, I i always felt like you don't have to be the biggest to be important yeah. you know and i think like even if you just get one or two people who look back at the end of their life and go that was mm -hmm. awesome like that's pretty cool like you're creating these really special moments you know so yeah i mean it sounds dope that sounds really cool yeah i love that tip of the hat <laughs> to the community building <laughs> we, lo we love that stuff too yeah. so yeah always trying to like you know just get more people to Hang out with and, you know, have and fun. enjoy what we cool. enjoy. Yeah. And be stewards of the waterways. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, know, like we say, it's, it, you know, friends is a big part of fishing trips. And, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just a good time. Um, okay. Mitchie's Fish is oh, five. We do five questions at the end of every episode. <laughs> we ask every guest the same five questions. We're going to ask you them now. Um, Jillian, are you but, aware of uh, these? Just five, more, five more questions. Just... You don't have to, it's not a buzzer beater or anything like that. You take your time. Uh, but the first question is, what is your favorite fish and why? If you had to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Some people have also split this into fresh and salt. So, you know. 
I will say, I'll say rainbow trout just because I fish for them as trout. Um, but also yeah. as steelhead, because I like, I, I love just that entire fishery from the anadromist to the resident. It's just my absolute favorite. And I love targeting them in different ways. And, uh, they're, those are definitely my favorite and that my heart rests with, with trout, whether they're rainbow trout or steelhead, that's, that's where my heart will always lie first and foremost. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. just sure awesome. answer. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I love that. It's, it's like, like, ah, it's like, oh, well, I actually kind of like tarpon, but, man, you know, sometimes... Yeah. I, that's me. That's me trying I to I haven't tarpon fish, so I can't speak to that yet, but uh, <laughs> I think still, Isn't like... is there a big tarpon in the shop? Is it above you right Whoa. now? I knew oh, it. there it is. <laughs> if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see the tarpon. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that was my uh, <laughs> my dad's friend. Like, just, sorry, quick side note. That was my dad's friend. Yeah, no, no, please way back in the day who caught that tarpon in florida i don't even know when that ended yeah. up in the shop because it's just always been here um it's a full skin mount it's a like legit i don't know if you can oh, see wow. it yeah oh, oh yeah. yeah no that's pretty pretty <laughs> yeah. looking. it's a great mount yeah it, it's it's stunning it's beautiful it's one of yeah. the one of the oldest mounts we have and uh it's 72 pounds caught in florida but essentially the wow. uh my, my dad's God. friend got it made originally and it i'm sure it was like exorbitantly expensive when he got it made way back in the day. Yeah. Um, and he brought it home and his wife's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so my dad had just opened the tackle shop. And so he's like, Hey Dave, you know, do you think that, you know, this could maybe go in? So it's been on loan. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I, I, I can't even remember a day when it wasn't in the shop. And then when we moved locations, because we've been in this location for about eight years. We were just down the street. Um, we were like, oh, what do we do with this tarpon? And we're like, make it the centerpiece. Because I'm like, yeah, sitting, yeah. you know, at our yeah, cash register, cool. it's like the center of the shop. It is the centerpiece. And it's, yeah, it's it beautiful. So, yeah. It's a really, One a day, really nice fit. Yeah. <laughs> highly, yeah, for sure. Highly no, recommend. I, mean, um, I, I get it, though. Rainbow Trip makes tons of sense because, yeah. you know, it's important to. Yeah, you answered the question who, who before you, are as a person, you heard so. the question. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, okay, number two, Mitchie's Fishies Five is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, uh, assuming it's like the best time to go there, uh, where would you go and why? Couple. Okay, I have two. Yeah, One's a little good. bit more basic, and then the other one, um, I I've really always wanted to go to like the uh, Maldives and do GTs. Yeah. Mm, sure. Mm -hmm. All right. That's like a bit of a bucket list one. The yeah. other one, for whatever reason, the one, if somebody says to me, like, where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to fish for and where do you want to go? It's pretty simple, very doable. I'm going to do it soon. I redfish in Texas on the flats. <laughs> yeah. That has always just hit a nerve with me where I'm like, I got to get there. I don't know why. I just like specifically in Texas. I, I just yeah. want to go and do that. Like that is <laughs> so high on my totally. list of like personal things that I need to do very soon that I can't even explain to you. Jill, oddly enough, Mitch once said the exact same thing. And the next day there was an email in our inbox from a, who was now a good friend of ours in Texas uh, saying he's a redfish captain in Rockport and we ended up doing it. So if you haven't figured out how to do it, after this you, podcast, you we'll connect you guys. I, you should yeah. definitely go hang out with Matt. Yeah, he's oh, awesome. I, that he's is my just fave. like on my list. 
it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. And where where they guide in Rockport, like there's so many fish. It's so beautiful. Okay, you're gonna have to send me an email after this. Yeah, we'll connect. We'll connect you two because that would be cool to make that connection. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe. We'll see you there or something. Maybe we'll oh, go yeah. together. I don't know. We'll get Joel. Joel went too. He Joel, yeah, Joel knows. We'll all, yeah. He's been. We'll all yeah. 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 That's a good one. I mean, that's a great answer. That's, yeah. I mean, I totally feel you. It's, uh, it's a pretty fun. It's fun really thing to fun. Do. It's so different, you know, it's like really the fun. first time you experience it. Well, even after, it's just like such a different. Week. Yeah. And I did, I did GTs in Christmas Island. Um, I didn't hook, oh, I didn't well. hook any, but um, I saw them and it was literally. Yeah probably the most intimidating fly fishing experience I've ever had seeing a GT yeah, coming at me. Shit. And now I'm just like, yeah, so addicted to it, but I want to go like to some of those like rock and places. So like multi, yeah, stuff like that. And Seychelles, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Seychelles yeah. And stuff, yeah. 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 With you. Oh, that's we'll sick about the redfish. Cool yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, great we'll answer. connect you. Yeah. We'll, we'll connect y'all for sure. Hundo P. Uh, okay. Number three, which is fish five is what is one of your best or favorite fishing memories of all time? one of the best i have i have one and it's 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 a very personal one but i it it's it's probably the most recent memory but it, it's it's just something that you know just kind of warms my heart so um this might get a little sad but so my my dad passed away in uh it last year and uh we, i i learned everything that i know from him everything this was his shop and everything like that so uh, he yeah. passed away and he was my fishing partner. I worked beside him every single day. So uh, we'd always gone up north to Skeena and we'd did, done a big steelheading trip up there for a week. And you know, you're fly fishing for summer runs and stuff like that. And uh, so we hadn't gone in because um, he was sick the year before. And then we didn't go, um, or uh, sorry, my, my partner and I decided to go up uh, this past year. So last fall in uh, September. And so we went up there and uh, I, when my dad and I first went up there way back in the day, we spread my grandfather's ashes in a very specific place. And so I went and spread my dad's ashes in a very specific place. The first day I was there, we did that. I went the next four days without touching a steelhead, you know, hoping to have this big kind of glorious moment of, you know, spread my dad's ashes and I catch a fish right after. That didn't happen. But on the very last day, I caught my largest steelhead ever on that same river that I spread his ashes. And like, for me, that just like, wow, that's just a, a really big deal. And he wasn't there to see my, you know, biggest steelhead ever, but he was definitely still there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I said, not a super like funny story, but definitely probably my favorite memory to date now. And probably something that'll like, just be so yeah. far above anything else, any other fishing experience that I have in my life from here on out. So that was, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. It's that's an amazing yeah. memory. Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, there's that's pretty hard to beat yeah. that, I think, you know, like such a special moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely wow. I've got lots of funny stories and lots of stuff, but my favorite that's definitely gonna yep. sit there as my It's a great story. It's ever. a great story. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's awesome. Okay, number four of Mitchie's Fishies Five is simply why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Like why what do you why do you keep going back out? I'm I'm a very like self-competitive person so I really strive to um, do things well and I I like technicality so um, I 
I like fly fishing because I like figuring things out. And so, especially when it comes to trout fishing, and that's probably why I like trout fishing so much, uh, whether it's lake fishing or dry fly fishing, I like to figure it out. And I like really all those aspects of it that go into kind of ending up with that final result. I tend to be fairly analytical in how I think and how I kind of just operate. Uh, so yeah. for me, trout fishing, whether it's like what fly I'm using, what line I'm using, how my cast is laying, you know, oh, I didn't quite get that perfect. I like all those little things and I really like kind of achieving something and getting that reward. So for me, I keep going back out because even though I, I like catching fish kind of in that bare bones way, it's kind of that always trying and always adapting and always um, like just being able to uh, totally admit yourself to the to the conditions and the task at hand. And so for me, I get really addicted to that whole process of everything that goes into catching that fish. And it it's I, I like catching fish, but if I don't catch fish, I also like being like, okay, you know, figuring out why. It, yeah. It's all those yeah. things. And once again, mm -hmm. coming back to when you ask, like, who's the dorkiest? trout <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally good point yeah <laughs> well, i get that the chase like the it's, chase of it all and, like all it's the, absolutely yeah. the chase but it's also just like yeah. why the chase worked where it didn't right. Yeah. right yeah yeah like breaking down yeah i'm, yeah. I'm such a dork totally. that way like i just love it i'm like oh maybe you know maybe i was tired and my i didn't cast as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah thinking about all yeah. the things yeah i dig it i mean yeah that makes yeah. tons of sense you relate. Um, okay, the last of the Mitchie's Fishies Five, uh, number five, is what fly cool. pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? It's a good question. Not your not your favorite fly. No. What, what, no, what, yeah. you, you, fly. you as a fly. You as a fly. As a fly. It's a tough one. I mean, like, I think, like, this is the kind of question everybody wants to, like, get right. <laughs> it's like, ask so many people this question, everybody's like, I love this question. Uh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We've had lots of time to think about it, but I would say just kind of going on it because I I've always considered myself a very lucky to kind of have had opportunities to be a fly angler and a gear angler and and do and try so many different things. So you know, a pattern that's very versatile. I would say I always like to call myself like a relatively vers versatile angler and a, a well-rounded mm -hmm. angler in um, I would say my overall skill set. Uh, so that being said, I would say something like very basic, but very effective can be used in a lot of different ways. Something like just yeah. like a, a basic, like woolly bugger leech, you know, maybe mm -hmm. olive. Yeah. So, you know, you're either going to be, you know, a leech pattern. Maybe you're getting picked off as a sculpin. Maybe you're getting picked off as, um, some sort of nymph there, you know, that's mm -hmm. probably what I would yep. say. Nothing crazy. I'm I, not showing. I dig it. <laughs> but I'm, yeah. I'm effective. But you catch fish. <laughs> I'm effective, effective and versatile. That's what yeah. kind of I would, if I was a fly, that's probably how I would categorize myself. Love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Perfect. The leech. The leech. Yeah, I like. The leech. The leech. Chill the leech. Chill the leech. <laughs> I'd be a leech. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Uh, Jill, that's thank you so much for like chatting, and it was super nice to meet you and and kind of hear like all about your fishing yeah, life out yeah. there and um, all the stuff and you're get working to hear on. about. So yeah, much for like having me. You guys have to come back. And Mitch, oh, you got to. Oh, we'll come back. Yeah, Mitch, you you would I know love, you'd love it, I'd, man. 
I've always wanted to go to BC, and I just don't know why I haven't yet. Yeah. But definitely, that was us last sure. year. Yilma and I both had never Oof. been and never fished, and I never jealous. been to Vancouver. Like, you know, what? it doesn't yeah. rain as much as people say it does. I will say that people, right. it gets such a bad rap. Like the mm-hmm. the yeah. the fall time when you guys were here, like that September October can be it's beautiful, right? Stunning. I love it. I mean, it yeah. was stunning. Yeah, and you right, know what? Yeah. It it does get a bad rap, but like also like it's literally like 11 degrees and it's like the sun setting and it's a beautiful night out here and we're so lucky for that and uh yeah you know if love? you guys come back you you know where to come you know who to come see and definitely you know, come and, sure. you know just got to figure out how to get one of those nets home jill you know what i love yep. <laughs> when i was on the river i was seeing a lot of beginners learning how to or taking instruction and learning how to spay cast and i thought that was so so good and so welcoming like it's such a fishing community that you know you could be a beginner or a a veteran and you can still just enjoy whereas like you know and the river can be intimidating and everybody's a pro but in bc it's like no no no. come on in yeah learn how to fish with me and then get 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 your footing and get going so that's one thing i noticed on the rivers especially the squamish really nice to see yeah, yeah, the Squamish angling community is fantastic. Oh. Like it, yeah. it really is something else, and it it's a very open community. That, uh, like I said, you go down there, you make friends like no, <laughs> so easily down there, and right. stuff like yeah. that, and um, especially fly fishing so big. It's curious that there isn't a fly shop there. Mm-hmm. There was for a while, and then I think it was just kind of hard for them to get um, a little bit of footing. I think. Right. I think it'll change in the next few years, but. Squamish, so many people would live in Squamish and work in Vancouver that I think it was right. hard for it to really establish a shop there because so many people would be coming into the city anyways. Uh, and so, I get that, yeah. yeah, I always had this like, <laughs> really great idea of buying a food truck and like making a food sick. truck. See? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah that, oh, so, like, tip it, just, leaders, just flies. need like, a couple flies, the tip it. Literally, and then you to uh, some sink, some sink tips, some hot t- dogs, yeah. you know, some like t, some T14, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like, and then yeah. you would just have like those things, and you know, you know, if, if you're already with an established shop, right, you just take the inventory, go up there. You know? Yeah, totally. absolutely that makes sense. Or maybe a food and flies. So stay tuned, everybody, for the high water uh, food truck and pork. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, um, oh, I mean, yeah, like you've got the Steelhead Society, you've got the Women's Fly Fishing Group, you've got High Water Tackle. Where can people get involved with Steelhead Society? How can people join the Women's Fly Fishing Group, and how do people find High Water? So the Steelhead Society, you can go to the website um, steelheadsocietybc.org, I believe, um, and you can join and become a member. There's lifetime memberships, there's annual memberships. Uh, the money that you pay for a member supports uh, our, you know, any of our endeavors in terms of whether that's habitat or the projects that we support. Uh, we do actually have our annual general meeting coming up on April 29th. Uh, I believe we're going to try and be able to um, broadcast it via Zoom. It will be in person, which will be the first one in a couple of years now. Uh, and then as well, I usually host and uh, maintain the fundraisers that we do. Uh, we probably won't see one until the end of this year as well, but that's how you can get involved. Uh, we've done like right. online, um, you know, 50-50s, raffles, uh, auctions yep. as well. That's open to literally anyone. Um, but uh, yeah, that AGM is coming up and you can kind of see what uh, the society has been up to and what we've been supporting and stuff. Uh, as cool. for um, the BC Whip, 
BC Women's Fly Fishing Group. Uh, we do have a Facebook page that is kind of the primary means through which we communicate and we talk. Um, but uh, for any of those that are interested, you can email uh, at gmail.com and uh, you can get onto our mailing list there where we send out trips and upcoming events. And then I am currently sitting in the shop at High Water, which is in North Vancouver, and we are open seven days a week, and I'm pretty much always here, uh, but you can come and visit me here as well. I love it. Cool. Awesome. All the plugs, and we'll put all the links to that stuff in the show notes as well, and uh, yeah, thanks so much again for coming on and, and chatting. Thanks really so fun. much yeah, for talking. I had such a great time with you guys. It was awesome. Absolutely. Oh, wicked. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and thanks for, thanks for all the advice when we when we showed up, you know, I'm... Uh, it was great. It was a great welcome to. It was just a great welcome. Yeah, and I, I wish the weather was a little bit better for you guys. <laughs> Whatever. We had we had a blast. We had a blast. My first we, trip. we, you know, we just well, all we did was like True. switch. We just switched, you know, our minds from salmon to trout and had a blast. Yeah, yeah. Great. and yeah. if you guys do come back, please let me know as soon as you're coming back and oh yeah, set something up. And I definitely want to get out with you guys because I think we would just have a riot. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, if uh, Texas can work out, we'll uh, yeah, we'll join we'll that too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love awesome. Texas, holy shit! <laughs> I want to go to Texas so like I oh, have been to Southern US, and I want to go to Texas so bad because all I want to do is go redfish fishing and do barbecue. Oh man, yeah, yep, that's, that's the vibe. That's exactly where to do it. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. We will plan. We will plan. But yeah, thanks, thanks again, Jill. Thank you guys so much. Today's show is brought to you in part by Chums. You know, Chums, the company that makes those can't-live-without-em straps that keep your sunglasses on your melon. Believe it or not, Chums has been around for 40 years, making top-notch outdoor accessories for all the guides, river rats, and weekend warriors out there. Chums got their start in southern Utah back in 1983, when a guide on the Colorado River invented their now-famous original cotton eyewear retainer. Chums still makes many of its products in Utah, and everything they produce is designed to help you hang on to the gear you value most. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, roll-top dry bags, waste packs, dry sacks for your phone, and of course, glasses, retainers, and all kinds of wicked styles. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right there with us in the form of amazing gear, which means we never have to worry about our sunglasses or phones sinking to the murky depths of the waters we love to fish. Head to chums.com to check out their their full lineup of outdoor accessories. That's chums.com. Best fishing story ever with Dan Favato. You know, I've, I've got this report where everyone thinks I have like these legendary stories and I've got like, I don't know, maybe it's because it's been saturated over a number of years of, you know, being spoiled. Um, but I mean, like, I, I haven't been able to piece it, like break it down to like a species or like, I know you said like it can be like anything, but I, I, I don't know which one to go with or like, I, I don't want to say one that like everyone's like, that's not really that great. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I had, um, I mean, I'm going to keep it local just because it's, it's still resonating. I think this was either last year or the year before. Um, I went down, um, to a local tributary and I was swinging flies in the springtime. It was about a week after opener, maybe two weeks. And, um, you know, most of the fishing had quieted down and most of the fish had dropped back. And I was like, you know what, let's just go for a poke and, um, you know, see if something's willing to grab. 
and I roll up to this one run, and <clears throat> I don't know, I was just like swinging through, top end, didn't really get any action. As soon as I kind of got midway, you kind of started getting into a little bit of softer water, but it was still moving good. Um, and I got a grab. And it was like, a, you know, a little zap. It wasn't even that big. And I was like, okay, all right. Step back, you know, poke back into it. You know, maybe a step past where I was before, another grab. And like this time it was like a, holy goodness gracious, she's biting. Uh, two zaps, gone. I was like, Okay, all right, look at the fly. Uh, and at the time I was fishing, I think I started with a tiny little tube, tube fly, like small, like probably smaller than I should have been fishing. So the hook was like teeny weeny, like size, Christ, two or four. And um, <clears throat> so I was like, okay, I'll switch it up. I uh, go to another fly. I think I tried like a woolly bugger or something super simple, like a streamer hook that's fixed and there's, you know, a little bit less variation. Same thing, go through again, zap. And I think this one was like a really good pull, like zzz, 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 and it kind of like, you know, I was able to lift up and get a couple of pulls and then come off. I was like, you got to stop with that now. Like, you're killing me, <laughs> you know? And then I ended up, I think, doing two more steps or something, got another grab, light, light, light. And I was like, man, like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm like, I'm four or five grabs in now and like, I haven't been able to connect on a single thing. And, the, and they're not like, they're not like winter time grabs where they're like, eh. Like they were like full committing, like grabbing, like you think they should be breaking 10 pounds, like it's their day job uh, kind of grabs, but they just weren't sticking. Like they were, must've been just slipping the, you know, the lip and like slicing right open. So I switched over to, um, it's kind of like a Hail Mary, but like a bigger iron, like a, not, it wasn't really a traditional pattern, but it was an iron with like a, you know, a springtime coloration that was just kind of natural colors and all that. And um, I'm, I'm like, okay, let, you know, let me take five steps up and like rework that stretch. Cause it's like, it was concentrated within, I don't know, like maybe five, 10 steps where I was getting these grabs. And I was like, okay, like this is, you know, there's gotta be more than one fish. So I was like, okay, get back up, work, you know, five, five, 10 steps up, then come back down. And I think it was like my, third or fourth step in and uh lo and behold uh, as i'm working down one of my buddies uh, roy who you probably met before he rolls up and he's like oh who's that stranger i'm like oh it's dan what's going on he's literally busting balls and i was shooting the shit and uh are we allowed to swear on this we're shooting, <laughs> we're shooting the shit and uh uh next thing you know he's like you know so how was the fishing i was like honestly bro like it's good like i you know i'm getting a couple grabs the runs above weren't fishing so well but this runs you know i'm getting a couple grabs and he's like no way and like i'm literally just starting to belly out my swing and i'm pretty much on the dangle now and, and like as i'm saying that i'm just like the grab of my life like jump 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 and it just doubles the other way and i'm like boy look like this is this is what's happening right now <laughs> and i thought i was gonna lose it and sure enough, I ended up pinning him perfectly, stuck him. And I mean, keep in mind, it was a spring fish. It was a drop back. It had spawned out. Um, it had kelted out, so it, it had been worn down a bit. It wasn't the prettiest fish, uh, but he absolutely T-boned the fly. And it was probably my biggest Great Lakes rainbow trout to this day. And Roy ended up grabbing my net, scooping it. He didn't even have his waders on. He was just like getting into the moment. And it was like, 
it was is a very very cool uh, a cool fish to catch and very large so yeah it was a big fish I mean I I didn't realize how big it was until Roy was like Dan like that's a that's a large fish and he's like got it at the time I had this uh, this net that uh, you know Jason Ford have you heard the name a Ford's fine fishing nets. So he's he's been like making these really nice like uh, burl and hardwood nets and all that. And um, I, he made this trout net. And I asked him if I could you know pick one up off of him. He's like I don't have anything, but I've got this like it's like the first one he ever made. He's like just use this until we I can make you your like you know proper net. So I've got this trout net like it's like literally like a brown trout net. And I'm bringing it steelhead fishing. This thing slides into the net and it's like three quarters in maybe if you're lucky. Like here's the bowl of the net and like the fish's tail is like up here and it's just, the fish had no business sliding into that net but we were like, you know what, we'll put it in, we'll keep it in the water and it's better than trying to like manage it with your hands. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, and it, it was cool too with, you know, having Roy roll up like that and, and you know, being able to share that moment with him and, and there was another fellow there swinging flies that day. Um, that we're able to kind of like, you know, share in the moment and, uh, you know, share the stoke. So, yeah, it was cool, man. I, I don't know, swinging flies for me, like I, I've been very fortunate to be able to do uh, and be a part of a bunch of different fishing moments. Um, but for me, my uh, like swinging flies, like fly fishing for rainbow trout and the steelhead thing is, I don't know, man, I, I've, because I've been so close to it growing up, I, uh, you know, it's, it's a special part for me. It's like, you know, if a guy's close to like a musky lake and he fishes muskies all life, like he's going to be, uh, you know, a, you know, super intimate with his musky fishing or singles with bass or whatever. So. We're back here, and that was, uh, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm trying to kind of like be, be quieter as I intro this end segment because sometimes I go in like, hey, and it's like probably really startling because it comes out of the best fishing story ever, which we hope you enjoyed that best fishing story ever. Um, and uh, yeah, Jill, thanks for coming on the show. That was awesome. Uh, we, I got to go to BC. I've never been. It was funny because, you know, we just hopped off the plane. You know, sometimes you get off the plane, you're like, yeah, I should get in your surroundings. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in Joel's car, the dog's. No, the dog wasn't it there. That's always like, a trip getting off a plane, you know. You're on Jill's call. I haven't seen Vancouver ever. Yeah. I'm like looking at the buildings. I'm like, and I'm like thirsty. I got to pee. I'm like, <laughs> all this shit's going on. Yeah. And then it's like, and then all of a sudden we're at the, and Joel's like, first stop's the fly shop. I'm like, what? I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I don't even know what I said to Jill. So I, was like, I was like, are there fish uh, here? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, Jill's super, uh, super cool. Yeah, she's super cool and yeah, you know really nice. very well spoken and yeah. obviously has spent a yeah life life in the angling community, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And getting to hear about stories with her dad and like that stuff is really neat, you know. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. It's really cool, and uh, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be wonderful. fun to go out and fish with her. And I th honestly it'd be kind of sick to like let's go to Texas with Jill. That'd be sick. Yeah, I think that'd be super fun. Yeah, because like she's super down, like in wants that's like a bucket list trip. Yeah, and it's so fun yeah. and Yilma you haven't gone yet like we should all go yeah, and like we should all go it would be fun to just experience Joe Joe and your first time it. there yeah <laughs> yeah get Joe and Matt um, and we'll just yeah Joe and Matt would have so much fun no, um invite Chloe because I haven't met her I yet. now want to fish for coastal cutties mm. I know I didn't know that was a thing <laughs> that's crazy I mean it's funny that you say that 
You didn't know that was yeah. a thing? Because you and Casey like had talked about it for like hours over beers. Oh, did we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In Montana? He's like, he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know what's so great? When you go down to the beach and you bring a barbecue and you what fish for fish for sorry i got a goldfish brain case it's not you man (laughs) it's me i was probably like wow and then like immediately just forgot because i have a bird brain memory but what was but i didn't know that you could do that (laughs) there i knew that it happened in washington i knew that was like a thing in washington that's that's wild i didn't know it was in vancouver yeah she said she walks down from the shop she could go walk down from the shop and fish them yeah yeah crazy i love her shop crazy yeah, is it a dope a really, shop? I mean that. Yeah. Oh, it's a really, really nice. nice. It's a it's it's on a, it's beautiful. It's on yeah. a corner um, uh, unit, right. like a corner lot of an older building. Yeah. Obviously, it's been there for quite some time. Yeah. And it's like all windows, and there's all this nice light coming in, mm-hmm. like light. It's just really big shop, you know. Too, and it's just like. But it's segmented it's too. It's like yeah. you know, they fly stuff. You've got the conventional yeah. gear, and then you've got the waiters and what section. There's a whole waiter section. Yeah, it's cool. Where you can try waiters on and stuff. Oh, cool. Look yeah. flash I wish I, I should have asked the name of those net, those nets because I referenced them. Is a bunch it and didn't the, even ask. they're handmade? Are they um, they're BC? Are they uh? Oh, Joel buy one? Are they Rushton nets by any chance? Joel owns one, so we can always ask him. And I have no idea, Mitch. I don't know because we like at the flash shop I worked at when I was a kid. We had Rushton nets, and I'm pretty sure those were handcrafted in BC. Rushton nets. They're sick, have, and I have one, and they're sick. You have one? I do. Yeah, it's at the cottage, though. Yeah, they're made what in the Prince fuck? George. Um, <laughs> How come we've never seen this this net? You're like well, me. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I, got a, I, I got a friend who I, fishes in f- Zambia who can bring us, you know? Yeah, for play. real. I mean, I, I don't know. I need to get it and actually use it. I, I They're beautiful nets. I just like, I, I really like the, the rubber of my fish pond, like the basket. For sure. You know? Do you think you could re... I think I could. I, I, want, I would like to because I, I want to do the hard, like the rubber. Because I totally understand Yeah. Not, wanting to do the mesh thing but like that's why uh, i don't use it to be honest and it could sure you could restring it well that mesh, fish pond yeah fish pond sells that stuff i think so. you can i i could definitely ask a builder like because i know they're they're handmade and i should look into it because it is a really cool really cool net it was called the yeah. uh i can't remember but it's like the wanderer it's dark purple and like like purple heart wood and like really cool like dark wood yeah, it's nice. Uh, I don't even know if that's the one they carry. I was just like, I think I know a net in BC. That's the one I have. Um, we just had a great time at, and and I mean, this isn't super relevant, but we just had a great time last night at Affinity Fish. We had uh, yep. Jordan Pocket of Perfect Drift out there. We had uh, Demisha of Brand Girl Outdoor World, of course. Affinity Fish, us were there. And a whole bunch of really fun friends. Uh, John here in from Trout Unlimited. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Moxa. We got Dean. Dean we got, uh, from Dean. Yeah, yeah. Man, a lot of you know, a lot of really fun folks came out last night and packed the place. We ran out of, sold out of whitefish sandwiches. Those were oh, so wavy. My God, rant raised five, <laughs> like for a little Wednesday event. Shout out to Randy was there. Randy Greenall. Randy, five hundred bucks for Brown Girl Outdoor World. You know, on a Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was awesome. In this economy, <laughs> it's uh, get some get some some. Some cash to Brown Girl Outdoor World. Gets more people out in uh, the great outdoors and uh, loving the uh, wild places we do. It was great. Yeah. It was really cool. I think I think it was great. I would love to do another one. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, we will. I think sake and scissors. You know, I think we. I think that I like that idea of. Do you think I, I was uh, wasn't a lot of sake going? I, I think we got to push that a little bit more. I think we should. Time. I think we should brand the whole thing sake and scissors. Sake and scissors. And have a couple more vices and really lean into the sake and fly mm-hmm. tying. Cause you know, sake is great, and if you're gonna if you're gonna have sake, like that's a good place. Sake it to me, 
as Austin Powers said. It's a great place to, to try it with the Affinity Fish fellas. They and are, Michelangelo uh, from Ninja Turtles. But yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Ninja Toits. Um, Ninja Toits, he says. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. But then we've, got, we've, of course, got other stuff coming up. I don't know. Again, like all those say, we don't know what's coming up. But um, Trout Opener is, is, is near. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trout Opener is near. And if, if, let's just say, if this is coming out before Trout Opener. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope to see you on the river. I guess I don't know what see else. You the to say. Yeah, see you on the we river. And we made it, everybody. Here in Ontario, you beat winter. And honestly, every year you beat winter is a good thing. So let's get out there and have some fun. But Mitch, don't you love winter? Aren't you, aren't you, no, aren't you looking forward to winter? It. I hate it. I hate winter so freaking <laughs> but, much. But uh, you love ice fishing. What happened to that? I hate it now. I hate it. I hate it. I couldn't hate a season more. But in November, I'm like, ooh, snow. And now I'm like, I am actually going to melt if I don't get some sunshine on me well it didn't help that we went to florida and ruined i think everything. that definitely that's what made yeah impact yeah i was like oh yeah like the smell of like street things and, but even just like <laughs> the smell of like tar- like asphalt in the summer i don't know it's very nostalgic it gets it me is nostalgic. Feel it you got a good nose on, on you buddy I do like smells. it's funny because i can yeah, tolerate the winter more if i'm if I go do a couple trips to the Caribbean and come back. But, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Well, the snowbirds, the snowbirds figured it out. If you can pull yeah. it off, I say get out of here in March. Longer than four Cause days. January, because January is still like kind of like. January's okay. January's okay. You can kind of deal like it's the fallout of Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're just kind of, it's not, nothing at work is super pressing. So you don't feel like. Ugh. And February would be fine if you know in a couple short weeks, because February is short, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then you go, to, yeah, you go to like Florida for March. Oh yeah, even like two weeks would be sick. We were there for like. No, four I'm or saying five get days. out of here in February. Like I'm out of here in February. You're well, doing the whole thing. As soon as my sister serve bills are placed, I'm gonna be there every winter. Can we come? We'll get high yes, speed internet. We'll all work there. <laughs> to big go. That would be no, so. No, I want. I'm. I've. I'm. I'm. Can, like. I'm. Gotta make it happen. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, man. And now I think I know where. Where Where are you gonna go? Where. Coconut Grove, baby. <laughs> yeah, Coconut Grove. Just Grove's get a little sick. place and get a little rental in Coconut Grove. Yeah. And just work in Miami, and then I'm a, what, 45-minute drive from the Everglades? Which is amazing. Fun. I would love, love, <laughs> uh, love to fish Florida Bay again more times in my life, probably, than, yeah, I, yeah like, I'm, that's not a get one a little ki- Get a little kayak and explore the Everglades. <sighs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And if you do that in Coconut Grove, then I could come down and visit. Or I'll just... Kill Doctor Ross and steal Doctor Ross. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be uh, that'd be fun. Well, I, I was mean, looking at I was actually looking at places in Isla Morada. There's some sick. I was little, too. Like, really? Yes. I, There's some sick little yes. bungalows that you can rent on the beach. Um, yeah. I found a couple pages like, on Instagram that are like dedicated to that, like long-term rentals in Isla Morada, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Isla Morada is beautiful. Oh, yeah. And the houses you can rent are really cool, you know. Yeah. Anyway, this is everybody listening is like Jesus Christ, like can you end guys shut the, the show <laughs> for the love of God. Um, They're talking about Florida again. We're sorry. We're like, sorry. It'll, it'll be like the fifth episode in a row. We're sorry, we're guys. Like, God, winter, I love Florida. Winter is absolutely yes, torquing us. We're in a full, you know, we're in we're we're in the full swing of things. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm stoked for for trout season. Yeah. I'm I, I'm actually really stoked for trout season. Oh, um, yeah. I tied no flies. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I got to tie some flies. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, you know what I want to do mm. this year? 
Mitch? <laughs> Any of them? Any of them you guys? <laughs> I want to go to Saugine more. I had so much fun on the Saugine. <laughs> yeah. With Josh. <laughs> yeah. And every time I've gone to the waiting for. I've always had so much fun. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful place. Yep. Uh, it's just eh, a little too far. But you know what? We do an overnighter. We, I'd be down for a couple I mean. of those. I want to do, do a little ON yeah. on, the, on the S. Yeah. In the ON. <laughs> yeah. Well, rock and roll, fellas. Okay. Well, Jill, um, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. My name is Mitch. That's it for me, Yilma. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Aldo. Hey, um, thanks. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. You did a Yilma. Take care, baby. I did a Yilma. <laughs> did a Yilma. <laughs> thanks for listening, and see you later. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.